Welcome to Learning with Lisa, Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast with Lisa Navarra, award-winning educator, consultant, behavior specialist, author, and parent. So is there any advice that you guys could give to parents of kids who are in their freshman year of college? Uh, I would say be supportive, but don't be too overbearing. Like take your kids like you might want to I'm sure you want to talk to them every day all day like but like doing that and them getting annoyed if they get annoyed it could just push them away and you don't really don't want that so like just do everything on their terms like they're going through a big change in their life like yeah it's a big change for you as well like your kids are leaving but like it's a bigger change for the kids because they're like going to a completely new place completely new people mm-hmm. like do everything is completely new so I'll just go with their, um, what they want. And Ryan, what about yourself? Um, And I think that it's important to have boundaries with your kids. However, I think that if you use like punishments in a way and you like make the your kid feel bad about something, they may not tell you all about their lives and you guys may not be as close rather than like if you are more open with your child and be like, hey, if you tell me this, I've just like, because like I've noticed like some people are not close with their parents and their parents know nothing about them because they're afraid that they're going to get I don't know just like looked down upon by their parents so I think that being open with your child and just seeing how they feel and just from their perspective it can bring you guys like a lot closer together tell us now the truth unveil the truth (laughs) are colleges really concerned are they really looking for these SAT and ACT test scores that is a tricky question to answer because the landscape has changed tremendously over the last few years and I don't deal with the admission side of things but I've been talking with a lot of educational consultants who do and from talking with them here is what I understand about it In the past, pre-COVID, everything was very different. And there were some schools that were what's called test optional. And that's exactly what it sounds like. You get to decide whether you want to submit your scores or not. And once COVID hit, that first year of COVID, all the tests got canceled overnight. And there were no tests that were held for about six or seven months. And that first year, almost every school, except for a few of them. I think Florida never went to test optional, but everything else, everybody else said, okay, you don't have to submit scores because there was no way to do that fairly because a lot of people couldn't take a test. Some of the schools at the time said, we're going to do a three-year experiment where we're going to go test optional for the next couple of years and see what happens. Some of the schools reverted back to their regular admissions policies, and some schools just dropped the test altogether. And we're getting towards the end of that three-year period. And so things are getting a little murkier about what this test optional, quote, test optional really means. And it's likely the schools that were test optional before COVID, they mean it, that you can really choose to submit or not. Some of the schools that changed, some of them mean it, but some of them, it turns out, don't actually really mean it. And it's kind of like a wink and a nod of, quote, test optional with an asterisk, we really want you to do it. Right, how does a parent know? 
It, it, it is difficult to tell. There is data that's starting to come out and some of that may not be available publicly, but I've started to see some data from schools that show the breakdown of their admissions. And for a lot of schools, the percentage of people who are admitted with test scores is significantly higher than the percentage of people admitted without test scores. And so it does make it very difficult to decide what to do as a parent and as a child of whether you should submit scores or not. And from what I've been hearing from the consultants that I've spoken with, if your child is in about the 50th percentile range or above for a school's scores, it's probably worth it to go ahead and send their scores. If they are significantly below that level, it, you likely will not want to submit them in that case. But what I'm finding is happening is a lot of parents are coming to me and they're like, well, everything's tested off. Excuse me. Everything is test optional. So what's the point? Why should we do this? We're just not going to. And I see a lot of my students who are the same way. They're like, well, I'm just not going to have test scores. And test optional doesn't mean you you just don't have to do it. It means make the best decision for your situation and circumstance. Talk to us about what you've seen schools can use to help support their students? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the best ways that schools can support their students is to first change that language. It's not about college for all, it's career. Let's talk about how we're getting you ready for any future career. That doesn't mean that college is out of the picture. What it means is we're not holding any post high school training option as the best. What we're doing is we're helping kids identify how they best want to use their skills, aptitudes, and talents in the world to change the world. That's what we're talking about ultimately. And then along the way, let's help them learn all about the different options. You know, you've got a local community college probably really nearby where kids can go for dual enrollment classes and maybe get their associates even before they graduate or right after graduation. Many of the programs at local community colleges are free. So maybe there's a way for kids to be able to move ahead and get some training or certification without having to pay that they didn't even know about. Well, let's talk about what it might be like to get an apprenticeship. There are a lot of youth apprenticeships across the country. There are a lot of adult apprenticeships too, as well as when you turn 18. What apprenticeships are out there in the companies you might wanna work for? Often these are paid, right? Apprenticeships aren't free. Internships can be free, but apprenticeships are paid and they're worked with with a mentor who wants to be there to train you in that industry. Depending on how long it goes, you can have up to two years of industry experience and be paid for it. Let's talk about military. What can the military offer you on front lines and non-front lines, right? Because if you think about it, the military is a city unto itself. So everything that exists in a city has to exist on a base. Anything from cosmetology to chef to you know mechanic to front line. All of that, right? Well, let's talk about the different trade schools that are around. What else is out there besides the four-year college? Then we can also say, listen, maybe you go there for 18 months and you develop a certification that will get you gainful employment that you can do part-time while you're finishing up your education at a four-year college and now you have less debt, right? It really does come down to how creatively can we help these kids understand what's available to them based on the area that they are in or maybe the area they want to travel to, right? What does that really look like for them? And that's what we can do as a school, right? It can happen within our, um, any one of our classes. It doesn't have to be just the career guidance person's job to come in and talk about it. Although if that's what your career guidance counselor wants to do, then invite them in, whether you're English or math or science, it doesn't matter. If you have a career and technical education program at your school, 
Have those teachers come in and talk to your classes about what it would be like to have careers in those areas. I know there's a lot of precious time that needs to be spent on t teaching subject matter. I get it. But there can be 10, 15, 20 minutes of introduction of a career on a regular basis in your classrooms and you'll still be fine. You know, as a classroom educator, I can do it. I know you can do it. It can happen. It's going to be okay. I promise you. Right? And so and then you can also think about what other industries are in your area. What problems are they experiencing? And this is where real world relevance becomes um, classroom work, right? So we're talking a lot about the terminology relevance in education right now. Um, this generation is asking, why are we doing what we've been doing? Why are we still educating what we're doing? What is that all about? Well, now if we look around at our industry and our area and say, well, what problems are they facing? Maybe we can collaborate with other teachers and create a solution to that problem using the subject matter we have to master. Now it's really relevant and there's a reason. And oh my goodness, they might have to present it to somebody in a company. How, how cool might that be? There's a lot of different things we can do that won't add extra work to us as educators and instead will empower our students to really want to learn, which is what we really want anyway. Thank you for listening to the Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast, where school leaders, educators, and parents meet on behalf of children who struggle with learning.